Hallelujah. Amen. God bless you. Isn't it good to be in the house of the Lord? Be gathered together in His name. Amen. Looking out and seeing each one of you that are here with us. We're just happy to have you all. Amen. Micah, welcome home. Amen. Good to have you here today. And each one of you, amen, whoever you are. That's Isaac, right? I'll tell you. Amen. What a sight for sore eyes. Thank you, Isaac, for being here today. All of you that have gathered in his name, good to have Brother George Winters back, Brother Tim Winters, hearing him sing today. What a blessing. Amen. Well, they went out to Montana, and run up and down the mountains, didn't find nothing there, and came home, found a pot of gold. It's right here. <laughs> Amen. Amen. God bless you. Amen. Good to be in the house of the Lord to worship him today. Can we just bow our heads and go to the Lord in prayer? Father, we're your children. We love you. We thank you for your grace to us. Thy mercies, thy kindness, Lord, the mercies that endure to all generations. Lord, we thank you, O God, as we have gathered today in your name. Lord, we welcome the, the different ones that are here, but now we just welcome your presence. Without you, we are nothing. We're just uh, another morgue, one of the others that just lines the streets of America. Without the Spirit of God, we're nothing. We must have you, Lord. Lord, as we give witness and testimony of the great things that you have done, Lord, just a reminder this morning as we watched a, a little clip a while ago of the great things you've done. Today marks a year of us being here in this building. Lord, truly you have done great things and are doing great things. And we're asking, Lord, that you bless us in a special way. That you'd anoint the word, Lord, as it goes forth today. That you'd speak to hearts and lives in a great way. We're your children. And we just ask that your blessings would be upon us now. And bring healing and deliverance in the mighty name of Jesus. I pray you'll direct every word, Lord, today exactly to its mark. May you deal with hearts and lives in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. Good to be in the house of the Lord today. Amen. To feel his welcoming presence. Turn to Isaiah chapter 35 and verse 1. And see Brother Leslie Hunter back over there. God bless you, Brother Leslie. Nice to have you today in service. That's Loretta's dad. And we're just happy that he got to come today. Isaiah 35 and 1. I'm just going to read this first verse and then we'll come back to it. But I want to let you be seated after this first verse. The wilderness and the solitary place shall be glad for them, and the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. Amen. May God bless you. you can be seated. I wanted to share with you just a moment, um, just some uh, several different events and things that has happened, and um, we things that are going forward as you saw that um, in the little clip of the many things that the Lord has 
done for us and the blessings that has followed and his grace that has overshadowed us. And, um, you know, the the Lord in in this meantime has helped us to to be a blessing to others as well. Um, These pews that you're sitting in, we was able to get enough of them to bless the church in Oklahoma, Brother Wendell Martin. Also, um, at that time, I was, I was able to give him $10,000 as they're building a new building for their, their church. And so you, you, we were able to bless them as well. Um, we today just sent um, some money for translation work. We just translated the, the um, uh, sermon uh, of, of Brother Branham's that he preached on... Um, well, it's basically just once more, Lord, um, a deceived church by the world is the title of it, and uh, they had translated that and are working now on marriage and divorce. We have in our vision to finish up the church age book that we got partly uh, started and almost finished, and then to finish up the or to start on the um is the time and then the seals and and go into there so that um, some very fundamental things would be available to the Japanese people. Now, just as soon as they're translated, they're put on the message hub. And this um, is, of course, uh, something that is sponsored by uh, Cloverdale Bible Way, uh, which we're happy to be a part uh, of that uh, to help get the message to the world. And uh, what that does is that uh, if you're Japanese, that you can go right there and download that sermon, print it wherever you're at, and, um, and are, uh, download it on your smartphone or other device and be able to read that sermon. And uh, so we'll, we'll soon have, um, uh, well, we already got several titles up now, but we'll soon have some other titles that will be available. Also, wanted to show you that um, we just recently sponsored a, um, uh, a campaign in uh, Uganda. And this is uh, Brother uh, James Navandivandi here on your left. He was the host pastor of this uh, campaign. He had guest speakers. And this was their um, uh, campaign that they went out and, and uh, went to a community that has never really heard the gospel preached and baptism in the name of Jesus Christ. And they were bringing the fundamentals of the message. And to do so, uh, these were mostly English-speaking people. So they took and downloaded the, the, the booklets off of the web, off of eveninglight.net, and then took it to a print shop and printed them and distributed them. So this is part of their campaign. And if you look at to, to the next couple of slides, there were 500 there that um, had gathered and uh, was listening to the word and being a part of this campaign. And then um, uh, this is the church that, uh, that they have there. They're actually, this is a church. I'm not sure what denomination this belonged to, but um, such as it is, as you can see, it has to be covered with um, tarps and whatever, but such as it is, because of them embracing the truth of water baptism in the name of Jesus Christ and the message, they've been asked to vacate this. 
So um, if you, uh, we have just a little clip I wanted to show you of the baptism where there were 67 that were baptized in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Now, you see, the gospel is going forth into all languages and people and tongues and tribes and even out into the far-reaching corners of the earth. So, you know, we have a tremendous uh, responsibility. And so we were singing the song. I thought it was very appropriate to bring me out on, which was, let the worshipers arise. Because I believe that God has worshipers around the world. That are, that are beginning to sing um, as the, the Lamb has taken the book and loosed the seals and revealed the mysteries here in this end time. And uh, it's caused us to sing a new song. Amen. And so what a wonderful truth that we have been a privilege to be given. And uh, we have a responsibility then to share it around the world. And so this is our job. If God gave us the word, then we've got a responsibility to publish it, right? Amen. So God bless you for your efforts and your giving unto the Lord. And, and um, also we, we are doing some things for our young people. And after the service is over today, I'm going to ask you to go over with me to the new building that we are, we're building. As you see, the Lord gave us this place. And gave it completely paid for. And um, uh, what, what we will present to you today is also uh, another building that the Lord has given us to help us to minister to our young people. And to um, uh, and all the other activities of the church as well. So, you know, the Lord is, the Lord is providing for us every step of the way. And, amen. And by His grace, He'll provide for us until we... We meet him yonder. I, want to, I, I know I'm going to have to give account for everything that I do. Amen. So I want to be a good steward of what God gave me. Amen. And so we're not going to be selfish with it and say, well, it's just for our four walls and just for who's in here, but to also to have a vision to reach out to others around the world. And, you know, seeing these uh, precious souls 67 of them baptized in the name of Jesus Christ as a result of outreach there in Uganda and seeing that the word is being spread to them and uh, the message given. And as I said, this was, this was just downloaded and then printed right there in the Uganda for the, for the people there to be blessed by. So, you know, the Lord has the word. And I, and I just want to say to, to those that may be um, looking in today, and we do have these booklets here. They are for outreach. This is Original Sin. This other is Five Coming Elijah. We have another title on Jesus, the name above all names. They're right there free to, to download and for you to print right there, at Kinko's or wherever you want to go with it. Share it. Let the world know. Amen. Amen. We've got a message in this end time. We got a responsibility to let the, the light shine. Amen. And that's one way of the evening light having to shine in this last day. And I believe we're a part of that evening light, don't you? 
Amen. Isaiah chapter 35, I'd like to read from the first verse again. And as I look at this, I, I just um, know there will be several different sermons that will come out of this chapter. So we will just barely touch the surface of it today as we go forward in his name. Now, Isaiah 35 verse 1, the wilderness... And the solitary place shall be glad for them. And the desert shall rejoice and blossom as the rose. It shall blossom abundantly and rejoice even with joy and singing. The glory of Lebanon shall be given unto it. The excellency of Carmel and Sharon, uh, they shall see the glory of the Lord and the excellency of our God. Strengthen ye the weak hands, and confirm the, the feeble knees. Say to them that are of a fearful heart, be strong, fear not. Behold, your God will come with vengeance, even God with a recompense. He will come and save you. Notice what he's coming to do. This is a redeemer. And then shall the eyes, the eyes of the blind shall be open, and the ears of the deaf shall be unstopped. And then shall the lame man leap as a heart, and the tongue of the dumb sing. For in the wilderness shall waters break out, and the streams in the desert. And the parched ground shall become a pool, and the thirsty land springs of water. And the habitation of dragons where each lay shall be the shall be grass with weeds, reeds and rushes, and a highway shall be there, and a way, and it shall be called the way of holiness. The unclean shall not pass over it, but it shall be for those the wayfaring man, though fools shall not err therein. No lion shall be there, nor any ravenous beast shall go up thereon. It shall not be found there, but the redeemed shall walk there, and the ransom of the Lord shall return and come to Zion with, with songs and everlasting joy upon their heads, and they shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Amen. As the Amplified says it this way, the people of the Lord, the Lord is rescued, will come back singing as they enter Zion. Happiness will be a crown they will always wear. They will celebrate and shout because all sorrows and worries will be gone far away. Amen. What exceeding great precious promises. I want to pick up my title that I spoke on last Sunday and introduce this subject. We're going to carry it forward. And it won't be um, just this service, but maybe several more services as I cover this subject, because I want to cover it well as something that's very vital and very important. We're going to be speaking today on the, the new birth of Malachi 4. Now, you very well know the scripture that says that, behold, I will send you Elijah the prophet before the coming of the great and terrible day of the Lord, and he shall turn the hearts of the children to, uh, to back to the fathers. And this is a promise that the heart would be turned. Now what we read about this morning is a prophecy that is found in this great book of 
of um, Isaiah, where that he has just he has just uh, told about how Israel would be gathered back to their homeland again, and that they would be they would come back with great rejoicing and with great joy and with happiness, with um, uh, you know as as the the desert would actually blossom like a rose and. Um, things that, that had been laid in, the, in decay and forgotten would now be restored and that God would be coming with vengeance for the purpose of this salvation or this restoration. Today we can see a, a, a good bit of that prophecy fulfilled as Israel has gathered back into their homeland. It's a narrow strip in the Middle East. And even though it's just a little tiny part there, they have been there today in the land. And we know they won't truly come home fully until the Messiah is revealed to them. Amen. And the, the world today can recognize them as a nation, but God will not recognize them as a nation until he reveals himself to them by the two witnesses Moses and Elijah as spoke of in Revelation chapter 11. But what we have witnessed in Israel is the rebirth of a nation. We have seen the gathering of this ancient people coming back to their homeland. And this same thing has happened in a spiritual sense to the bride of Christ, to the Gentile people. And we are also witnessing the rebirth through Malachi 4, coming back to the same apostolic doctrines and truths and the apostolic birth as the church was inaugurated on the day of Pentecost. And here we come right back to that very same spot. And what you are witnessing, even you're today a part of, is the rebirth of the book of Acts. The rebirth of an apostolic church. A church that is laid in decay for 2,000 years as, as it was a falling away, a great falling away. And God has brought a regathering of people back to the promised land again. Now the homeland that we have gathered to, of course, is not a piece of real estate over in the Middle East. But our homeland is the Holy Ghost. And we will not accomplish the full conquest of the promise until Jesus comes in a corporal return. But until then, we are here to possess every part of the land. Every portion that God gave for a bride and we are to fulfill. The Bible is prophesied of a people in this last day that would rise to the challenge. There is somebody going to fulfill the scripture. Of a bride without spot, a church without spot or wrinkle. There's somebody going to fulfill the scripture that they that receive a revelation that the gates of hell cannot prevail against. There, there's somebody going to fulfill that scripture that uh, that will be a part of the rapture age, who will be the alive and remain at the coming of the Lord. And I just want to say. You're, it's a wonderful p- place to be in today, to be a part of that chosen people, to be elected and placed in this end time and to see what God is doing. Now, 
As, as we said, we are, we are possessing every part of the land. Now, Brother Branham would tell us in the message, Birth Pains, and this is where I get my title. But he said, notice quickly now. Now she is in that stage beyond a shadow of a doubt. We're in the Laodicean church age. Now her messenger is promised in Malachi, the fourth chapter. He's promised to do it. And the message is to bring back the word, bring the people back to the word. Birth is to be, she is to be delivered of a new birth according to Malachi 4. So she, there is to be a new birth that would be according to Malachi 4. People's hearts who would be turned back. Amen. As you know, that's what real salvation is. It's, it's not just turning a leaf, but it's turning the heart. Amen. It's changing the life. Yeah. Is that right? And the message of Malachi 4 is to do more than, than just inform you or educate you or bring you into a new philosophy, but it is to bring you into a birth. Amen. Now, every age has had a message. And with that message came an experience. Luther's message had an experience that accompanied the faith they received by Luther's message actually justified them. It declared them righteous. And of course, many of them um, would simply change from Catholicism to becoming Lutheran, but it was more than that. Amen. There was a real experience that would really change the lives as they came out of Catholicism and embraced the truth of the word, the word being revealed to them, the just, the righteous shall live by faith. This was a a cornerstone revelation as, as the church began to head back toward the promised land and began their journey back toward the Bible and Bible principles. Are you with me? Now, Martin Luther would say, the first thing I ask is that people should not make use of my name and should not call themselves Lutherans, but Christians. What is Luther? He said, the teaching is not mine, nor was I crucified for anyone. How did I, poor stinking bag of maggots that I am, come to a point where that people called the children of Christ by my evil name? So you can imagine, you know, here this reformer standing up and he says, this is not just my opinion and this is not just my message. This is the message of Christ and we ought to be called Christians, not Lutherans. Amen. We shouldn't be called by a denominational name. But you see, the spirit of Antichrist comes in to denominate the, the message, and the first thing you know, uh, they had a stopping place there, a station along the journey, and they wouldn't move beyond that, and God raised up another by the name of Wesley's. And Wesley's message was accompanied by an experience of sanctification. And, and I tell you, when that experience happened, that, that, you know, not only can I be justified, but I can be made holy. And that revelation struck their soul until they shouted and rejoiced with such rejoicing. They would actually fall out under the influence of the Spirit. And the early ancient Methodist churches would keep buckets of water handy uh, so that they could, they could uh, revive those that had passed out. 
because of the extreme joy of their experience of sanctification. What I'm trying to tell you is that his message came with an experience. There's that experience of sanctification that, well, that so overwhelmed them till they shouted. Amen. Shouted because God had sanctified their lives and they received the second blessing from God. Every place that the Holy Ghost fell, it was accompanied by an experience. When the Azusa message was, was given there, it was accompanied by such an overflow of joy until they had stammered lips and other tongues. They couldn't even speak in, in their own language anymore. Oh yeah, I, I know that there's been a lot of manufactured and put on today, but there's a real genuine speaking in tongues. That is Bible, Bible truth and Bible doctrine. An experience that you can absolutely still receive today. But uh, you know, and, and so the Holy Ghost came and it was accompanied by an experience. As I've said, there's never a place, there is never a place where when a truth was revealed that it didn't come also with its own experience. When it came on the day of Pentecost, it was an experience. It was not an imagination. It was not um, just a, even just a feeling. It was not something that we just accept by faith. It was something that happened. Amen. It was, there was a sound came from heaven like a rushing mighty wind. And it filled the house where that they were sitting. And they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And they staggered out from there like drunk men and women drinking some kind of strange wine, some new wine that we ain't never seen before that makes somebody so overtaken by the spirit of this wine that they would actually speak in other languages and lose all their fear of persecution, lose all of their intimidation that they had been under and hiding away and would come out declaring the name of Jesus Christ. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Now, let me just tell you, you know, even, even Mary, sometimes, you know, we hear today some of these creeds that are taught us and, and comes along, well, you know, we get the Holy Ghost like Mary did. Mary did when, when she, uh, when she was, uh, received the, the, the germ life that, that created the created germ life. There was, there was no sensation, no sensation that she felt. She received it without sensation. But I, I even want to challenge that. Even though that that came maybe into her body without sensation, the whole experience was sensational. Amen. It was sensational as meeting an angel. And an angel giving her heavenly greetings and telling her of a high calling. Amen. And she would absolutely shout about this. She would go down to Elizabeth and they would shout together. And she would even tell the name that the angel named her child. That his name shall be called Jesus. And a baby that was in her, in Elizabeth's womb, that had never moved, began to leap for joy at the sound of that name. 
I'll tell you, that event was not without an experience. It was not an imagination. It was an experience of meeting an angel and receiving his salutation and his instructions. Don't you tell me that was without sensation. You ought to hear Brother Branham when the angel came to him. He said, here he come. And he says, you know, he said, I like to have died. He said, here he comes into the room. Here first a light. And stepping out of that light comes a six-foot man. a six-foot tall, olive complexion. And there, you know, steps out of that light 200 pounds and talks with me. I'll tell you, friends, that was not without sensation. Amen. That experience was not an imagination. It was not old Robert sitting there thinking, now what I do is imagine that Jesus is there. I just think in my mind about Jesus was sitting, standing right here beside me, giving me this power, and therefore I prayed for the sick. And he got results on an imagination. But I'll tell you, this was not an imagination. Amen. So now, with all of that, do you think for a moment that this message would, would come without an experience? You see, God, God always, he, there's something that he wants in his church. He wants the church to be full of his oil and his wine. Is that right? Amen. You see, even in the dark ages when the Antichrist rode, we can read about it in the third seal when he rides there on that dark horse and the age gets so black and knowledge gets so suppressed and the Antichrist spirit trying to dampen out and all of the work of God and out of the midst of that, out of the midst of the throne. Are you with me now? Out of the midst of the throne. It wasn't the four beasts that said this. No, it was out of the midst of the throne. The lamb says. The lamb said, see that thou hurt not the oil and the wine. Hallelujah. In other words, he screams out, don't limit revelation and the stimulation that goes with it. Amen. This is the word of the lamb. He will not allow his church to become so manhandled until that it limits the oil and the wine. Hallelujah. Now, Brother Branham would tell us this in the third seal. I quote from that. He said, it was not one of the four beasts that said, don't touch the oil and wine. And I heard a voice in the midst of the four beasts. What was it? The lamb. Amen. It wasn't the four beasts. The lamb said it. He's going to take his own that belongs to them. He's redeemed it. Amen. He said, don't you touch that oil. Amen. No, sir. Not, not the four beasts, but the lamb was the one that said it. The lamb, not the four beasts didn't announce this, but the lamb said itself. When the four beasts said, come and see, and they went, and they said, and he, then he said, a measure of wheat for a penny, measure of barley for a penny, and so on. But when, then the lamb cried out right among them, but don't hurt the oil and the wine. Amen. That's right. Listen to it. Don't you hurt it, boy, or you're going to pay for it someday. And remember, church, we will pay for it if we hurt the oil and the wine. If we keep the oil from flowing and the wine of stimulation, 
If we sequester that, we will pay for it. Amen. We will pay for it with a nest full of rotten eggs. With people who have never been with the mate. Because everywhere that Jesus is, there's noise. There's revelation and there's stimulation. When the truth, here's what he said. When the truth of a promised word of God has been truly revealed to his saints that's filled with oil, they get all stimulated. Amen. How many is filled with oil today? Amen. Well, then you ought to get all stimulated when truth is preached. Amen. It ought to cause a rejoicing. Amen. It ought to cause a stir down on the inside of you. That you can't sit still. You, you got to rejoice. That joy is your crown. That I rejoice in that. Oh my, your troubles begin to vanish away. Because you realize this God is concerned about you. And making sure you never run out of oil. And you never run out of wine. Amen. But his church will be filled with the Holy Ghost. And they will have the joy of their salvation. Amen. And he says, wine is stimulation. Hallelujah. Amen. And when it does, it has the same effect. Is somebody with me? The same effect. Somebody say it with me. The same effect. Now, the same effect that wine does upon you physically, upon a natural man, because when the revelation has been given of a truth of God and the true believer filled with oil and the revelation is revealed, the stimulation becomes so great that it makes him behave himself unnormally. Amen. That's right, glory. Maybe that's what's the matter with them now. That's right. It, it makes themselves, makes them behave themselves unseemly. Amen. Now, he said, if you want scripture for this, then all you have to do is look at Acts 2. Amen. They had the promise given them. And when it was poured out, amen. And, and he said, now, imagine it was this way. He said, the, the ministry... The, the people had gathered there and, you know, they, they were told to wait there in the, in the city of Jerusalem until they be endued with power from on high, right? And so he said, they, he, they, they gathered up there and he said, what if they, he told us, and now wait, you know, we're to wait for our ministry. And, and maybe Mark said to Matthew, I, I believe we've already got it. You know, this is the eighth day, and we've been waiting a long time. And I think we've already got it, fellas. Don't you think so? Uh, Well, we've already got it. Why are we waiting on our ministry? Now, we ought to just go on out there preaching because he told us to come up here and wait, and this is eight days we've been here. Now, and they said, well, now, let's wait another one. Nine days comes, and then Mark comes around, maybe one of the rest of them, John said, I believe we oughtn't wait any longer. I believe we've already got it, don't you? You know, there's a lot of people that are going around believing they already got it. Amen. They didn't wait until something happened. You see, this is what they were doing to do. Wait until you're endued with power from on high. 
So they just said, well, I just think we got it, brothers. I, I believe it. That's, you know, hey, I believe the message, you know, now. And I believe what Jesus said. And I believe it's all right. I, I believe we, we've accomplished it. We've waited. Now, this is a night day. And they said, well, wait a little more. And you said, what in the world are you waiting on? You know, you know sometimes, um, really, in, since the Holy Ghost come, there's nobody has to wait for it. God is waiting on you. God's waiting on you to want it more than anything else. Amen. You're a young person and you, you know, you know, you know, you, you, you know, you, well, today it wouldn't be, I want a new bike because I want a new iPhone. You know, you want that so bad. You can't sleep at night and you're saving money for it. If your parents make you do that, I don't know. You know, today is handed to you, you know, without any, without any gratitude or thankfulness. It's just expected. But, you know, again, you know, something you want real bad. And when you, when you get to the point in your life, you want the Holy Ghost more than what you want to play another video game. More than you want the latest fad out there. More than any other thing. When, that, when you give that the preeminence, amen, when he is waiting on you to come to that point, I want it more than anything. I've got to have this Holy Ghost in my life. I've got to have a change. And when you come to that place, amen, you've got to get that way with God. Let me quote Brother Branham. He preached it over again called perseverance. You've got to be persistent. Amen. You've got to be persistent. You've got to come to a place. I want that more than I want a girlfriend. More than I want a boyfriend. More than I want to do this or I want to do that. I want you, Jesus. And when that becomes a cry of your heart, when you begin to thirst for God, God begins to respond to you. There's a secret that goes with this. Draw nigh to God and he'll draw nigh to you. Amen. You've got to draw nigh. Amen. You've got to come. He said that's the way you get God. You've got to be on his hands. Amen. Every morning, every night, every day, all the time, constantly. Just seeking, keep asking, keep knocking. Don't just knock a little while and get tired and go away. But just keep standing there, Lord, I'm here, and I'm not going to leave. I'm on your hands now, and I'm going to stay right here. He said, you get tired of listening? I'm having a great time knocking because I know you're coming. And that's when something happens. He's got to get you off his hand, so he comes out to answer you. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, God wants to answer you. He's not reluctant. But he ain't going to give you something that you'd rather have something else first. But when you get that desire in your heart, I want God more than anything. I've got to have Jesus. I've got to have my life changed. I can't continue living the kind of life I've been living. When you get down to that place, that's when God will meet you. Amen. Just how long do you stay? He says, stay until. Amen. Stay until. You mean stay down an altar? No, stay in that mode of receiving. Stay where that is, that one ambition, that one desire, that one passion. I've got to have Jesus. 
Amen. I've got to have him. I must have him. You've got to want him more than your drugs. More than your alcohol. You've got to want him more than the parties out there. You've got to want him more than the lust and the fornication. You've got to want him more. You've got to want him with everything that's in your heart. And when your whole heart seeks after God, the Bible said the day you seek him with your whole heart. That's the day you find him. Now, third seal. I can see Simon. Because he had the keys, you know. He said, now wait a minute, boys. We're talking about Peter now. The scripture has got something to say about this. He didn't tell us how many days to wait. He just said, you stay there until. You stay there. Now, you want to know how long to stay? You stay there until Joel's prophecy is fulfilled. Amen. And is vindicated until Isaiah's prophecy is vindicated. How many knows what Joel's prophecy is? Joel's prophecy is Joel 2.28. Amen. And, the, and, and go ahead and put it on the screen for me. Joel 2.28. And you'll see what it is. And it shall come to pass afterward. I will pour out my spirit upon all flesh. You want to stay until this happens. Until he pours out his spirit upon you. And your sons and daughters shall prophesy. And your young men shall dream dreams. And your, your old men shall dream dreams. And your young men shall see visions. Amen. Oh, and upon the servants and upon the handmaids in that day. So it's for man and woman. Come on, it's for boy and girl. It's for every one of us. Amen. I will pour out my spirit. And we're still in the day where he's pouring out his spirit. Amen. In fact, he's emptying it out. The last bit. The fullness of himself. But when he finishes fully filling this bride and the last member is filled, he's going to take her up into heaven in the glory. Stay there until Isaiah's prophecy is fulfilled. Well, what's Isaiah's prophecy? With stammering lips and other tongues will I speak to this people. For this is a refreshment. Amen. This is the wine that's poured out. What is wine in the Bible? Refreshment. Now, listen, I'm not preaching some Pentecostal Azusa message here. I'm preaching from the third seal. From the opening of the word, he's telling you what's got to happen. You've got to stay there until something happens. Until the wine is poured out. Until the Holy Ghost fills you. Not a new thought, not a new thinking, not, not I'll be a pretty good boy or I'll turn a leaf. But no, until, until he comes. What is wine in the Bible? Refreshment. This wine, this is a refreshment that comes from the presence of the Lord. It's got to be scriptural now. So you see, wine represents stimulation of revelation. And when the Holy Ghost fell... They seen the fire of God upon them. My, that began to stimulate them. And the first thing you know, they got so stimulated until the people actually thought they were drunk. They were stimulated by revelation. And when I see people that are so revelated, that know it all, 
that are so educated in this message and such scholars until their collars are turned around and they don't know any of the stimulation or revelation. I'm going to say you ain't got it, brother. Amen. Because with this revelation comes a stimulation. It'll stimulate you to walk a different walk, to look a different way. Amen. Just like too much wine changes your seeing and blurs your vision. But I tell you, this will change your vision and it'll straighten out your vision. It'll give you word vision. You'll see things like Christ sees it. You'll act like Jesus. You'll talk like Jesus. Your conversation will be like Jesus. Amen. People actually thought they were drunk. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, hey, I'm reading. Don't look at me so funny. I'm reading. I mean, hey, this, this, this is something we should all be rejoicing about. Because it happened to me. How many of you can say, I was there when it happened? I was there when Jesus saved me. I was there when he changed my life. I was there when he made me a new creature. I was there. I'm not the same man I was. I'm a different man. The way I think now about things ain't the same way. My attitude is different. My outlook on life is different. My hunger for things is different. Because I'm a new creature. Old things passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Hallelujah. Now, drunk. Amen. Here it is. He says in the third seal, God's vindicated revelation made plain to them, and they were happy. Ought to get us happy this morning. Amen. God promised it. Here it was revealed to them and vindicated to them. Amen. Here was a man staying there, standing there saying, this is that. Yeah. Amen. When, they, when he saw the Holy Ghost come on and said, this is that that Joel prophesied. Amen. Amen. This is that that Isaiah said. Come on, church. We want to be that kind of church where we can point it out and say, this is that. Amen. Like we saw, like we watched and saw there in that like preview there in the service of a last sister Lana running around the building. This is that. Amen. Of someone who got victory over her enemy, and her enemy was dead. Hallelujah. You can see the before picture and the after picture. Hallelujah. I can take some of you out here that was in sin and we can show the before picture and the after picture. Hallelujah. Where we can say your sins are gone. They're washed in the blood of Jesus. Hallelujah. I'm not the same anymore. I'm cleansed. I am redeemed. I've been bought with a price. I am God's child. I think like him. I act like him. I talk like him. I believe like him. I've got the faith of him. Hallelujah. God's vindicated revelation made plain to them. They were happy about it. God promised it. Here it was revealed to them and vindicated to them. 
here was a man standing saying, this is that, this is it. And there it was being vindicated by the same signs. Their stimulation by revelation. And now they really had it then. That's the reason Peter could get out there uh, and say, why, you men of Judea, you that dwell in Jerusalem, listen to me, all you doctors of divinity, listen to what I'm going to tell you. How wonderful, revealed, revealed. They come out so stimulated when they've seen it vindicated. That always does that. It always does. Then he says, when I see God's promised to do a certain thing in this day, when he promised to break off those seals in these last days, oh, if Luther and them could rejoice because the just, the righteous, could live by faith. And if Wesley could rejoice and get so happy, amen, so stimulated until they would get so overjoyed until they'd even lose consciousness of everything around them. Amen. If Azusa Street, with the revelation that they had, with the little revelation still on the outside, not even in the land yet. Oh, then what ought we to have today with the whole land open to us? The seals are off the book. The mysteries have been revealed. You've been privileged to hear things other ages ain't heard. Hallelujah. Now, he promised to break these seals off. You don't know the joy, the glory. When I seen him reveal this, stand there and watch it happen. Know that I'll take any person, any charge. He never did say one thing to us, but what had happened that way. And then see the joy that's in my heart when I see his promise for this last day as he promised to do this. And see it vindicated and made made perfectly right. Amen. He said, you hear me say, oh, I feel religious. I mean, I heard Brother Branham say that. He said, that's what's the matter. The stimulation is so bad, I'm just about ready to go to cutting up. You know, stimulation from revelation. And they become so stimulated over revelation that they vindicated, all right, the promise. Oh, my, there broke out the joy of stimulation till the people said they're drunk on new wine. And when God revealed his promise to them, not only did he reveal it, but he proved it. That's what I've always said. A man can do anything. Yeah, he's apt to say anything. But when God comes around and vindicates it. And I just want to say to you, friends, when, when us in our day, the blind eyes were open, the deaf heard, amen, the sick were healed, time after time the hearts were discerned, and there in the presence of the pillar of fire, is anybody with me? Amen, comes a revelation of those seven seals. Oh, hallelujah. It ought to give supreme joy to us today to know we're not following commonly devised fables. No, but we're following thus saith the Lord. Hallelujah. That ought to make you shout. Hallelujah. As a natural wine, he tells us in the fourth seal as he follows up this. He said, as a natural wine reveals itself in stimulated power. So does the new wine as it reveals the word of God, which is spirit. 
The word itself is spirit. You believe that? St. John 6, uh, 63rd verse says, It is the spirit that quickeneth. The flesh profiteth nothing. The words that I speak unto you, they are spirit and they are life. Now, I know there's a lot of fanaticism. Now, here's where we get in trouble. We look over here and we see a lot of fanaticism and carrying on. And then we, then, then we, we get this knee-jerk response to try to get as far away from that as we can. And the next thing you know, we're over in formalism. Next thing you know, the church is sitting lukewarm. But don't let them out here with their fanaticism keep you from worshiping your God, amen, and rejoicing in the truth that's been revealed. Amen. And he says, now, I know there's a lot of fanaticism and people carrying on. I know sometimes they do it when the music's jumping up and down and everything. Now, listen. And I know that goes, and I believe that too. Wait a minute. He believed also in rejoicing and shouting over a song. Oh, yeah. He said, I've seen people in the day when as long as the music's playing, everything, everybody was jumping and screaming, but when the music stopped, they stopped. Well, that's still all right as far as I'm concerned. So he puts a stamp of approval on that. Amen. Amen. God's not against you rejoicing about a song. Amen. Now he said, well, that's all right as far as I'm concerned, as long as the people lives right. Amen. But he said, you, you start bringing the word. Now, that's the thing that actually brings life is the word. And that brings the joy of stimulation of new wine. Amen. And that's what was on the day of Pentecost when the word was vindicated. So it's all right. It's okay to rejoice and shout when they're singing and worshiping. I think we should. Amen. Amen. The Bible said to come into his courts with praise, with singing, with the timbrel, with the dance. Didn't it say that? Amen. When you look at the last psalm that tells you to, to you know, play upon the loud sounding cymbals. It's even, it, it don't even exclude, it doesn't even exclude the sinner that is there because it even said, let everything that breathes breath. Praise ye the Lord. If you're a sinner today, you've got something still to praise God about. You've got another day. You've got another chance. Amen. You say, well, I've been backslidden. Well, okay, you've been backslidden, but you know, you still got to praise your God. For his goodness to give you another chance. So get out of your backslidden condition. Quit using that as an excuse and something to hide behind and get out there and give your all to Jesus. Amen. Oh, he said, you know, it's all right to rejoice. Shout when they're singing and worshiping. Many churches, that's all they have is a song. It stirs the heart. But we also are more blessed than that. We have the word to rejoice over. Amen. Because the word has been revealed. Before the word goes forth, it's important 
to prepare this soil by softening the atmosphere with praise and worship is a very important part. In the day of battle, they would often send the singers forth to sing before they, as they went into battle. Amen. Singing would lead the Ark of the Covenant and they would, the troops would follow the word. Amen. It would go forth with singing. Then the, then the Ark of the Covenant. And then the, the troops would rally behind that and, and be charged to go out to battle. Amen. Now, so before the word goes forth, we need to prepare the soil. We need an atmosphere. Now, you can't create an atmosphere wishing you were somewhere else. You can't, you can't prepare and have the right atmosphere by the wrong attitude. Amen. You've got you to gotta come in here and say, my God is worthy. My God is awesome. My God is due my praise. Well, I'm tired today. My God is worthy of me putting away my tiredness. Amen. Of how I feel and remember. He didn't feel all that good. You talking about feeling. He didn't feel all that good when he trudged up to Calvary, bearing your cross, taking your sins. If he'd have went on feelings, he'd have stayed home that day. Amen. But he didn't, he didn't go on his feelings. He, he went because there was a conviction in his heart. I've got to save that which is lost. What if there's a conviction in the saved today that says, I've got to see the lost saved in this church. Let me call heaven down. Let heaven come down in the singing. Let heaven come down in the preaching. Let the atmosphere of the Holy Ghost so a sound can come from heaven like a rushing mighty wind and fill the house. Hallelujah. Before the word goes forth, And once the word goes forth, we need to water it with praise. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, remember, friends, Rebecca in her time, she made her choice. She made her choice to go meet the bridegroom, Isaac. Amen. And that choice started with with watering camels. Beast represents power. Is that right? Amen. Brother Branham said it, it represented, it typed the power of the Holy Ghost. And he said she watered the power that was going to take her in to meet her bridegroom. Hallelujah. Now your bridegroom, are you with me? The Holy Spirit is what I'm talking about. The power that's going to take us must be watered with our praises. Amen. Oh, yeah, you say, oh, no, God don't desire that. Brother Brandon said he did. He said that God desires an old-fashioned Pentecostal drink of refreshing. He's tired of these stagnated streams. He wants something fresh, Pentecostal waters to be poured out. Hallelujah. There ought to be a pouring out of the Holy Ghost today. Of praises to the Holy Ghost. Watering that Holy Ghost. Welcoming that Holy Ghost. Refreshing that Holy Ghost. Come by here, Lord. Come by here. Come by my way. Don't miss me, Lord. Pour it out on me. Let me ride. Let me ride on that power of the Holy Ghost. Till I meet my bridegroom. 
Now, the problem is, we want to make things ritual. You know, they took, even taking church order, they made that a ritual. Sing two songs and this, and do this and that. 30 minutes of that. You wanted a ritual. We want a preacher today that we can turn him on and turn him off. God doesn't use machinery. Amen. I don't have a stop button or a play button. Amen. I got a Holy Ghost button. And when he pushes, I start. Amen. And I just keep going until I see he's accomplished his job. Amen. That's exactly right. You got, you got, it's now what I'm saying, it's not a ritual. People get in rituals, you know, in my, in our church, we do this. In this church, we do that. And this denomination does it this way. And that becomes their ritual. Now, Brother Branham had, a, had something to say about this in one of his last sermons. It's called the message thirst. He said, let me tell you something. Now, when the prophet wants to tell you something, you better sit up and listen. I figured there's something going to be worth saying. When you're worshiping God in spirit and in truth, when it becomes a custom for you to do it, because you think you ought to, because you think, well, if you don't shout or jump up and down or dance with the music, your neighbor is going to think you're backslid. He said, you're drinking from a stagnated stream until it fills every fiber. Until the Holy Spirit itself is bubbling in you. I don't care whether the music's playing or whether they're near my God to thee or whatever it is. The Holy Spirit is still ringing the glory bells in your heart. And that's satisfying. That's God's satisfying portion. Anything less than that, you're done. Finished. Now, so he said... He goes back over this in the fourth seal after covering it in the third. You think I repeat myself? You ought to hear Brother Branham. Amen. We go over that. We, sometimes we go over things again and again. Why are we doing that? It's part of your teaching. You're learning. We're cementing this. We're making sure you get it. So, well, I got it. Well, then let somebody else get it. It ain't all about you. Amen. So, well, you know, so, so again, listen. He said, now, Jesus told him in Luke 24, 49, Behold, I send the promise of my Father upon you, but you go on to Jerusalem and wait until. What was the promise of the Father? Joel 2, 28. Amen. Where he's going to pour out the Spirit. In Isaiah 28, 19. You know, we don't preach that one no more. You ever, you ever hear this and preach? Put that one up. Isaiah 28, 19. Hmm. Nah, I don't think that one's it. But nevertheless, he said, he, 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 I'm just, I didn't look up the reference. So, but we're, we're, uh, he said, with, with, with stammering lips and other tongue, will I speak to this people? And this is a rest. Wherein we call the weary to rest. Is that right? You don't hear that preached anymore. 
It's hardly ever brought out. There it is, Isaiah 28, 11. For with stammering lips and another tongue will he speak to this people. Give me the next verse now. To whom he said, this is the rest wherewith he caused the weary to rest. And this is the refreshing. Yet they would not hear it. They won't hear it today. It's hardly ever preached on anymore. Amen. But there is a rest to the Holy Ghost. And there is the promise of the Father that he said would come. You say, Brother Tim, will everybody speak in tongues? No, everybody won't speak in tongues. No, we all don't speak in tongues. But let's don't prohibit it. Forbid not speaking in tongues. Forbid not prophesying. This is Paul's words. This is Paul's gospel. I would that you all spoke in tongues. This is Paul said it. It's not to be something foreign in the church. It's part of our inheritance. Say, so, well, it ain't all of our inheritance. I agree there. Amen. We're together there. There's more to it than that. Amen. But this is part of it. We got the whole gospel, not without this. We got all, we got, uh, Brother Tim, that which is perfect has come. It ain't perfect without this. You take one part of this word out of it and you don't have that which is perfect anymore. Come on now. Amen. When that which is perfect has come, just having part is done away with. We're in the age where, when the time where just having a little bit ain't enough. Just having part ain't enough. Amen. We've got to have it all. How many wants to say today, I want the whole land. I want every promise. I want everything that God has. If he promised something in his word, I want that in my life. Amen. So he said, why? He said, maybe one said, why, I believe we waited long enough. Now, he's repeating what he said in the third seal. Let's just accept it by faith. And there's where the message group has ran off. We waited long enough. We just accept it by faith. We just believe we got it. Now, let me just say, if I want to go on a trip, I, I know Brother Craig's fixing to go to New Zealand. God bless him as he goes. But in order to go on that trip, he's got to make preparations. Now, he don't just got to pack a bag and get ready. Got to do more than that. He's got to purchase a ticket. Now, if he, does, if he shows up at the airport without a ticket, he ain't going to get on the plane. Now, he can say, but I'm a minister. Well, sorry, I, you, know, you can't get on the plane as a minister. The only way you can get on this plane is that you pay the price. And when you pay the price, you are given a token. And that token shows this, the fare has been paid and that you have a right on that plane. Well, friends, we're not going to New Zealand. We are going to glory. There is a rapture taking place and it takes a ticket to get on there. And that ticket is the blood life of Jesus Christ. Amen. And let me tell you, he purchased it, but it's got to be done for you personally. It's got to have your name on that ticket. Now before 911, 
My son and I got similar names. I put Tim Pruitt on the ticket. If I couldn't go, he could ride. Tim Pruitt was Tim Pruitt. But when they put full names on there, it cut all that nonsense out. Now, we never did that, just in case you wonder. But I'm just saying, it took my full name. Now it takes my full name. Nobody can impersonate that. Everybody's got to have a picture ID showing it's me. Amen. I, I've got to, I, is somebody with me? Amen. You've got to have, then you have to have a token. A token showing there that the fare has been paid. And when the Holy Ghost comes in your life, it shows your fare has been paid. You've got a right for that rapture. This train ain't leaving without you. It's different from the airplane. Because the airplane, if you don't show up on time, it'll leave without you. Right. I know, I was 55 minutes late one day, and, and they left me. Amen. I didn't get on the plane. I'm not 55 minutes late. I was 55 minutes within time of departure. I wasn't there on time, they said. Five minutes late. And they closed it, sold my ticket to somebody else, gave somebody else my seat. See, you can't, dally, you can't dilly-dally around about this. You can't play games with this. Amen. The rapture's going to happen. Amen. But if you've got a ticket for you, amen, you're going to be there. Amen. You can't wait. When you, when you get ready to go somewhere, hey, when I, when I have an expectation, I can't even sleep the night before. You know, I, I'm so wired up about this trip and making my, my connections and being there. I can't lay down and go to sleep. And man, I'll check my alarm five times during the night. Did I turn it on? Did I turn it on? Did I turn it on? Turn, turn, five times. Amen. I don't want to miss it. I don't want to reschedule. But this ain't, this ain't a, a going to New Zealand. And this ain't some vacation somewhere. That ain't a vacation. He's going preaching. Amen. He's preaching the word, but he's got a schedule to make. But you also, we've got an appointment to make. The Lord is coming. And we are part of that coming. And if you got a token, you got a right to be on that plane. If you don't have it, you're not going to be on there. And you say, what is that ticket? It's the baptism of the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. Now, well, I believe we waited too long, one said. Let's just accept it by faith. That was good Baptist doctrine. But it didn't work with them, brethren. So the first thing you know, it had to become a reality. And they waited on their ministry for the word to be vindicated. And when you come to seek the Holy Spirit. Now, wait a minute. Don't lose this. When you come to seek the Holy Spirit. You do the same. What? Amen. You wait until something happens. Not an imagination. Not a jump. Sometimes we get the wrong impression. We think we jump to get it. You don't jump to get it. That's like, you know, that's, that's like, you know, when we, we got a, a check in the mail the other day. It was a refund. About six hundred dollars. I didn't. I didn't jump to get it, but I jumped when I got it. 
Amen. I didn't do no jumping before I got it. Amen. But when I got it, I jumped. Amen. I said, I can use this. Amen. And that's the way the Holy Ghost is. You don't jump to get it. But when you get it, there's a lot of rejoicing that goes on. Oh, hallelujah. Because deity just come down on the inside of you. Hallelujah. More than an angel. But God himself coming down to dwell in your life to make you a new creature in Christ. Amen. So he said, we must wait on the Holy Spirit till it's done something. Not necessarily because we spoke in tongues, not because we've danced, or we get emotional, or we shouted, but until we're changed. Until something actually happened. I don't care what form it comes in, just so it happened, that's the main thing. Just so it happened. And the new wine, when it brings to revelation, then it's revealed. And that's the way it was at Pentecost. They knew there was supposed to be a spirit poured out upon them, and they waited till this happened. And then he said, they, then he said, and then when the vindication of revelation took place, then stimulation was on them. They sure did. They steamed up too, right out into the streets where they was afraid and had the doors shut and they were out on the street and where they were afraid of a group of people of preaching the gospel to them. That's right. Something had happened because the true word of promise was vindicated. Now, wait a minute. You know, I was in a meeting here recently and I was preaching along the lines of having a passion, a drive, the lukewarmness being gone and whatever. A woman walks up to her preacher and says, well, you know, um, you know there, there ain't very much doctrine being preached. And he said, there's more doctrine what you think. This was so much doctrine that here the seals are being opened. And God's prophet emphasizes this. Not once, but twice. Amen. During the host, you know, sometimes we think doctrine is an educational course where we are learning a mystery. How about the mystery of the new birth? How about the mystery of, of the revelation of Jesus Christ personally to you? Amen. Where that, that becomes a rock upon which you are built. That the gates of hell can't prevail against. People want their intellectual knowledge, you know, uh, uh, tickled and, and, and a little learning. Friends, if you don't learn this, you ain't even got the first base yet. Amen. It, was, it brought such a positive to them men. They were so sure of it that they nearly every one of them sealed their testimony with their blood. Amen. No matter what come along, as long as they lived, they never got over it. Amen. That's right, Brother David, isn't it? You never get over it, do you? Once it comes, you never get over it. Amen. No. And he said, as long as they lived, they never got over it because it was a true word of promise vindicated. Now, God does not want joy taken from the church. <laughs> Amen. The joy that comes from the wine of the Holy Ghost 
He says, don't you hurt it. God will judge any preachers, any lying spirit, any antichrist spirit that tries to come and make the church lukewarm, cold, informal, and powerless. Amen. He wants his church on fire. Amen. Again, in the resume of the ages, Brother Branham would say, what about the true seed? It will happen just as we said. The people of God are being made ready by the word of truth from the messenger to this age. In her will be the fullness of Pentecost. For the Spirit will bring the people right back to where they were at the beginning. That is, thus saith the Lord. Amen. And any child of God that comes will have to come right back to Acts chapter 2. Amen. And get the eternal prescription just as Peter gave it there on the day of Pentecost. And when it comes, it will produce the same results. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, again, he says, and if the church is the true church, it will have the very same spirit and word and acts of power that they had at Pentecost. By experience, it will be a Pentecostal church. And there will be tongues and interpretation and prophecy and healings. And God will be in the midst of her. And God will declare himself in the midst of her as he always has. Hallelujah. Amen. We're talking about this church. Because we're the fulfillment of that. He would tell us again the original church of Pentecost. With the power of God. Mark 16 in action. Is the true church. That Jesus claims as his own. All else is false. So you see the message of reformation of Luther and Wesley. And the Azusa revival. Brought us to places along the journey. They were all headed in the right direction. But as they headed toward the promised land. But they simply didn't go far enough. Now, this, where we are at today, is not a part of the Reformation. We are not reformers. This is a restoration. We are no longer trying to reform the old system. We are, we are not, we have not come out, you know, to, to make a, a, a better church, you know, than, than what the others and become a daughter to the one before. This is not a reformation. It is a restoration. The the message positions us in the full inheritance. Now, this is the adoption message. This places us in the Holy Ghost. Remember, the promised land is the the Holy Ghost. And adoption is not, not your birth. It's not justification or sanctification or gift of the Spirit. But it's placing you in the Holy Ghost. It's positioning you in Christ. Amen. It's not positioning you outside the land. Because justification would position Luther's outside of the land. They would make a station back there. And they would have a position on the other side of Jordan. But this message positions you back into the land of that Paul had. Our ancient fathers, you know, instead of Abraham, who the Jews could look back to, we look back to St. Paul, amen, the apostles, Right? 
Amen. And it positions you back, back to the apostles' doctrine. Is somebody with me now? So you see, it is the adoption message. It places us. Azusa Street did not bring us into the promised Holy Ghost. It brought the people up to the border, but not into the land. But it takes the message of Malachi 4. That's why we're preaching on the new birth of Malachi 4. It takes the message of Malachi 4 to place us back in the land again. Now, the land is the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost is the Word. It's all one the same. It's not a book. It's a person. And when you get positioned in Christ, you know who you are. You know what your calling is. You know what your position is. You know then uh, every word of the Bible is yours. You know, Brother Branham said, the Word was written for you to speak it. Amen. That's pretty powerful, isn't it? This word was written for you to speak it. Amen. For you to demonstrate what was written. We're not just to preach these signs to follow them that believe, but we are to manifest these signs, follow them that believe. We are to speak that, live it. It is to be an action. All right. Now, Brother Branham would have many visions, and you know, he, he had an experience in the message paradox. Brother Craig uh, shared it here recently in his sermon on sincerity, but he said um, it was about three o'clock in the morning, and he said, I looked, and he said, we're in front of me, I was coming down to the Jordan. And he said, as I was coming down, I saw, it looked like the, the map of Palestine and I heard a song, and the song would kind of tell him, you know, what this was about. I'm going down to the Jordan. And someone was singing, and as I drew near the river, I looked back and seen which way I had come, and I was two-thirds of the way there to Jordan. And as I looked across Jordan, I said, oh, praise God. Now listen to this. Praise God, just on the other side is where all the promises lay. Every promise lays in the land. So he saw himself coming back to the time where the word would be restored. Where we'd come back to the promised land of the Bible. It would take the opening of the seven seals to open the land or open the book to us. Is somebody with me now? So he, he could look back and he could say, now, you know, I've come two-thirds of the way, and he said, but on the other side, where the seals are open. How many believe we're living in the day where the seals is open, and the book is open, and the land is open before us? Well, then, on the other side is where all the promises not just the promise of justification, not just the promise of being sanctified, not just the promise of speaking in tongues, but all of the promises lay within this promised land. Now that's, that's what we're pressing toward is this high calling. We're not satisfied. Now Brother Branham said, I can't be satisfied. This is what he would say. He would say, I can't be satisfied with a good church. I can't be satisfied with a good healing campaign. He says, 
He said, now, if all the deep in you is satisfied, stay where you're at. But for me, there's something calling beyond the river. Hallelujah. Now, there again, if all the deep is in you is satisfied, you know, stay where you're at. You know, but if you're, there's a hunger in your heart, there's more of God for you. Amen. If there's a deep call into the deep, there's a deep to respond. Amen. You say, well, Brother Tim, we've seen miracles, but friends, that's just a tip. We, we have just begun to break in. Amen. To the great things that God has for us. Didn't you read here with me about what's in the land? Your desert places are going to bloom. Your stagnant streams will run again. The wells of your salvation will be unstopped. There'll be joy unspeakable and full of glory. We have just began to tap in to the blessings. God, oh, I feel the Holy Spirit. Let me tell you right now, Jehovah Jireh is just now beginning to show himself on the behalf of his children. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. The provider is stepping forward to provide for every need you got along the journey. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Yeah, it's been a journey. And we've seen the miraculous. But friends, as you have you seen as we turned and we came here from the old building, I stood and you saw the last service that I preached upon our journey there in that old building. And I told you the services would just get greater and greater. Amen. Hadn't it been so? Amen. It hadn't slacked off. You say a new building. Oh, you know, a finer place had to kill the spirit. Our spirit ain't dead. Hallelujah. We're more alive today than what we were then. We've seen more of the power of God. We've seen the soul saved. We've seen God do mighty and wonders work. But it's just the tip of the iceberg. It's just the beginning. It's not the finish. He healed with cancer once. He can heal with cancer two, three, four times, five, ten, twenty. Open the eyes of the blind. Heal the wounded hearts. Hallelujah. Amen. Notice here, as we're saying, it, it, you know, we, we have come into the land. It lays before us. I've got some things I want to say about it. Now look, do you remember, do you remember 1933? That's what, 85 years ago? The angel of God stood there on the Ohio River and shouted out for them all to hear as John the Baptist was sent to forerun the first coming of Christ. You're sent with a message to forerun the second. Do you remember 1946 and we went over it at least three times in the Pentecostal meetings? People who had never heard this, no books even printed, no tapes available. 
Amen. Nothing to go and draw this from. And the Holy Spirit spontaneously fall on men in the congregation and, 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 and speak in tongues and another would prophesy. As John the Baptist was sent to forerun the first coming of Christ. And he would come again, come again. Finally, the third time was with Anna Schrader there in, in, in um, Kansas. You said, what all happened? What, 76 years ago? No. As I pointed out, God keeps his word. This message is turning hearts. It turned my heart. It turned a bunch of Africans' hearts, 67 of them the other day. Amen. I got a report and I couldn't read it. It was in Spanish that they sent to me from, I uh, gave it to David Dexter, but there's, there's several hundreds of them. I, I forgot how many, uh, maybe some more, several thousand actually, that have been baptized in a great revival in Uganda, all in the name of Jesus Christ as a result of this message. Things are happening around the world. This gospel shall be preached for a witness. And then shall the end come. Amen. It's got to go to all nations. We got a responsibility. It couldn't happen until the seven seals was open. Because that brought us back to the gospel that Paul preached. That which was the gospel of Jesus Christ. Brother Branham was looking in this vision. He said, I looked across Jordan. Oh God. Praise God. On the other side is where all promises lay. Do you realize you're here where all promises lay? You say for my my children, Brother Tim, all promises. Me and my house. Come on now. I mean, you say for I've got a need in my body. Uh, You're healing. Whatever it is, come on. Whatever the situation all promises, everything that you, you name it, you name a name, it is there for you this morning. All promises lay in the land. Hallelujah. Amen. That ought to cause you to rejoice. It ought to cause a shout in your heart this morning. Now then, if that wasn't enough for God to speak out of the heavens and declare it at the river and declare it again and again and again with tongues and interpretation in the Pentecostal realms. Brother Branham was, was there and in a meeting and he had just preached and a young man walked up a man who had never spoken tongues, never had that experience as far as I know, didn't know a word of French. And he began to speak in a language. Now God's trying to get our attention. He's doing some extreme things to get your attention, to make you realize, recognize something supernatural is going on. So if it isn't enough with signs and wonders and miracles... And discernment, he coming along and causing a man who didn't know French to, to say to Brother Branham, let me, could I pray for you, Brother Branham? 
And as he began to open his mouth, it came out in French. And there were several interpreters there come running forward, and they'd written down what had been said. And this is what was said. Because thou hast chosen the narrow path, the harder way, which thou hast walked of thine own choosing, thou hast picked the correct and precise decision. And it is my way. Because of this momentous decision, a huge portion of heaven awaits thee. What a glorious decision that thou hast made. This in itself is that which will give and make to come to pass their tremendous victory in the love divine. Now already, somebody, he wasn't even speaking to Brother Branham. He said, there, tremendous victory. Because of a decision he made, you were going to experience victory. Amen. Are you with me now? Hey, this is heaven. Oh, hallelujah. Heaven has already declared your victory. Hallelujah. Whatever you're facing, heaven's done declared. Your victory. Hallelujah. Amen. Oh, my. That ought to make a Baptist shout. What ought it do to a message believer that believes this? Ought to cause a stimulation on the inside of me. Hallelujah. Tremendous victory. Not just a little victory, a tremendous victory. Because you chose the narrow path, the harder way. Thou walked of your own choosing. In other words, he said, I didn't have to do it. You see, he was offered airplanes. You can go leave these down and outs and go to the up and ups. And you know, we'll give you a salary. You'll never have to worry about nothing. You know, we'll take care of you. Just, well, what do you got to do? Well, you know, you just, you know, you just, you can believe it, but you don't have to say nothing about that baptism in Jesus' name. And, they, you know, uh, these other things, you know, women, their hair and this holiness you preach. You just leave all that alone. You know, let the, let the pastors handle that. And we'll just put you in, you'll hit the high places and we'll get you out there. Listen. He was offered a kingdom bigger than Oral Roberts or T.D. Jakes. T.D. Jakes is what, 58 million? That, 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 not just a millionaire, 58 million? And, and, and besides all the other perks that goes with it, that's just his personal life. Only people have gone that down. Listen to this guy. This is, this is a prophet who would turn it all down. To be faithful to the word. Amen. He says, but he said, I could side and go in with them if I wanted to. See, the choice was his. But he says, but I stayed with the word. I'm saying to you today, aren't you glad he did? I'm glad he did. He stayed with the word. Hallelujah, because why? But with, with preaching the word would produce a word bride. Because whatever seeds you plant, that's what you're going to get. Because of this momentous decision, a huge 
portion of heaven awaits thee. A huge portion. Now, then he says, he pondered about that. He said, now when I die, is heaven going to be, heaven's not portioned off and I get, you know, a huge part and other people just get a little part and, you know. You know, now, he says, heaven is not portioned off like that, but heaven is the kingdom of heaven that one waits for. In other words, it's a greater portion of the Holy Ghost. Because you made this decision to stay with the Word, a greater portion of the Spirit is going to be yours. Hallelujah. And what a glorious decision thou hast made. For this in itself is that which will give and make to come to pass the tremendous victory in the love divine. Now, let me just stop here a minute. A lot of people are saying, you know, I need divine love. Well, I understand what you mean. Somebody does something for you, you need the love of God to reach up and come up and well up out of your heart and help you with this. Don't you? You've been wounded. You've been hurt. You say, well, I just don't have that love. Well, in other words, you hadn't let the Spirit yet overcome that hurt. So you could love them in the name of Christ. Amen? But if you have the Holy Ghost, you have divine love. When Brother Branham went beyond the curtain of time, he said, this is what you preached was the Holy Ghost. This is divine love. So heaven is a realm of the Holy Ghost. And the greater portion he received was a greater portion of the Spirit which would, which would manifest in a greater portion of the Word to be given to an end time people to open up the whole land for us. Because he chose not to make another denomination out of this. He could have done it. Amen. He could have made another denomination bigger than any of them. Listen, there's over 500 million charismatic Pentecostals in the world today. That's a big kingdom. Amen. And Brother Branham could have had it. But he made a decision. Now listen, your decision to accept this word and live by this word is minuscule compared to what he gave up. And you'll do it for a girlfriend? <laughs> a little scallywag of a boy? Huh? You give up heaven and more of the Holy Ghost for your rock music? What? You, you mean you would rather a, a, a new video game than the Holy Ghost? And you think you're having to sacrifice because I have to dress this way and look this way? And you strain because why, why can't they, why can't, why, why can't I, why can't I wear this makeup? Here's a prophet, hey, and his pale compare, in comparison to Calvary up here. 
who left all of heaven for you. And you're quibbling over trash. And you would, I mean, come on now. I mean, Judas, 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 you're no better than him. I mean, he would betray the Lord for 30 pieces of silver. You'll betray him for, for a piece of trash. You go up and rather kiss the door of heaven and go to hell than embrace the Lord of Calvary. But this in itself will give the tremendous victory in the divine love. Now let me just, in the love divine, let me just tell you what that means. This in itself is that which will give and make to come to pass the tremendous victory in the Holy Ghost. Because divine love or love divine is the Holy Ghost. So he says this decision to go on into the land, not to camp and make another denomination. It is this that will bring the, the tremendous victory in the Holy Ghost. This is what is going to bring us to a body change. This is what will bring the dead in Christ up. This is what's going to produce a rapture in this last day. This is what is going to do it. Amen. Now he would say, now you see what coming down to Jordan meant. We're down here. Let's cross over now. Let's quit playing. Let's cross the other side because it all belongs to us. It's all us. Them visions have never failed. Somebody, listen, somebody's going to cross into the tremendous victory. Mama, that's me. Is that you this morning? Amen, I'm going to cross right over there because visions can't fail. And I'm not going to stand by and let the vision happen and me not be a part of it. No, 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 but I have been seen in that vision and I'm going to have that tremendous victory in the Holy Ghost. Hallelujah. And with this victory I have comes another victory. And with that victory comes another victory. And with that victory comes another victory. Until the whole land, the whole land belongs to me as a child of God. And the dead in Christ rise and I rise and meet him in the air. Hallelujah. Let's cross over. I say to this church this morning, let's cross over. Let's cross over into the full inheritance. Will you stand together with me? Hallelujah. Brother Brandon said, we'll cross Jordan. The separation God break to us. The seals is on the back of the book. Hallelujah. That's what crossing Jordan means. Where the book becomes open. Where the word, every promise becomes mine. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Amen. When we finish up the great commission, finish it up. One day we're going to finish up the great commission. We'll find the last one. Then the door will close. 
without further warning. Like it did in the days of Noah. And all of a sudden, when it closes, no man can open it. on these things just a moment softly in his presence will you bow your heads with me just a minute the great commission is to go into all the world preach the gospel and these signs shall follow them that believe they shall lay hands on the sick and they shall recover. In my name they'll cast out devils. Do you know what's keeping you from believing this morning? A devil. The spirit of the enemy. Do you know today you could be free from that thing? You say, Brother Tim, you called me a Judas. But you don't have to be a Judas. You still have an opportunity to change. You don't have to remain wherever you are in your walk. Something can happen for you this morning that turn you from darkness to light. I know all the deep ain't been satisfied in you. One reason you're here this morning. That's one reason you're here. There's still something there that that at least hopes you see I waited but that was the song I was going to ask him to play see how the Holy Spirit picked it up I didn't even have to say it he's here He's here this morning for you. He's calling. Said, He that comes to me, I will in no wise cast out. Don't turn him down. That's him knocking at your door. Come a time he'll not knock again, he won't call again. I think about Brother Aaron Oglesby, he's in the preaching today. Brother Ivy be driving home today, him and Lydia. But it was a Sunday morning just like this. He sat back in the seat and the Holy Spirit moving. He said, you know, one day I need to talk. I just need to, I, I just need to make an appointment and talk some things over with Brother Tim. Just me and him talk about some things. I'll do that. I'll do that this week. And he knew down in his heart that he put it off. 
it would never happen. And God moved in his heart and said, now's the time. And that day he came down to the altar. He'd been a good boy, been a good son-in-law, been a, you know, oh, he, he had his quirks and his differences and his own little opinions that he held on to. But that day, he came down and he surrendered his all. God filled him with the Holy Ghost. From that time, he's been a different person. This is also one of those very crucial moments. It's a turning point. The choice is yours. You can turn and walk out of this building and just remain the same old, same old. Or you can find a place in your heart, a place here at this altar, a place like Jaron did the other day after living a life of sin. comes back and he finds a place of repentance you can find it today there's mercy he's calling you say well brother Tim I, I just want to make baby steps no really what you mean is you just want to put off you just don't want to go all the way you don't want to make a full surrender But if you'll come seeking God with your whole heart, you'll find him today. That old spirit that's kept you in bondage, that's led you astray, that pulled you in sin, will no longer be your master no more. You can be free. You can be free. How to get free, Brother Tim? I'll tell you how. He paid the debt. Today we can apply that for your account. And your sins, which are many, be washed away. You no longer belong to the devil anymore. You belong to Jesus. Why don't you ask him in? While the Holy Spirit is moving and while He's calling, while He's touching your heart. Oh, come on. You might have been raised up in a message home. Your mama might have been a real fervent Christian. You You may have sat on the pew for years. I didn't have time to cross over. Come home today. The homeland's open. Cross Jordan. What's Jordan mean? Death to self. Come on, let him do it for your life. Why do, why, why do you want to keep going down the wrong path? Sin will take you much further than you want to go. It causes you to do things you never dreamt of doing. It'll ruin and wreck your life. 
Won't you allow him to do a work today? I'm going to sing it. I'm not going to beg you. I'm not going to plead with you. If the Spirit has bidden you come, come. Softly and tenderly, Jesus is calling. Just find a place to kneel there. Amen. Are you at for me? Just come on. See on the portals he's waiting and watch. That's him looking for the product. Are you for me? Come home. Amen. 